Welcome to the Center for Transformation Institute podcast, where we are uniting with therapists everywhere for personal and professional growth. Your journey starts here at The Place Therapists Grow. Uh, I had the opportunity last week to go to the Thrive training. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, shout out to Chris and Jen Kersey, who are doing great work with Thrive Today. Um, if you don't know anything about it and you like what you're hearing here or you know about the life model, you'll definitely want to check it out. They offer a premier training. I've gone to the first tier of the training called uh, Week One a couple of times years ago, seven years ago, five years ago. And then I ended up for Week Two uh, this last week and in Michigan. It was just, it was a beautiful setting in Holland, Michigan, and it was a very ama- it was an amazing growth time for me personally. I really enjoyed it. But one of the aspects of the training is that in week two we tell stories, return to joy stories. And so in the whole week it's an experiential practicum where you're in this incubator of experiencing Uh, your brain returning to joy from uh, upset, anger, sadness, fear, shame, hopeless despair, disgust, really figuring out a way to get your brain to return to joy from those things and using storytelling to do that. And I was, I I grew a lot in terms of um, realizing that I had some default ways of doing things that those default ways were interrupting my ability to return to joy. And um, I recognized that just from the practicum experience of telling the story. So one of the things that I recognized my brain was doing that was that when I was talking about something upsetting in a story, I would actually smile instead of let the emotion be shown on my face. And I really had to internally internally kind of uh, try to understand that, what was going on with me. It was almost as if I was having to unlearn things that I had learned to do, uh, that I've learned to do through default. And I thought back over my history with being in theater and in high school and college and in terms of being in ministry with my husband for a couple of decades. Um, in terms of being a therapist and needing to present myself in certain ways with clients or with my community and how in that I've almost become a performer in some ways that I didn't even realize have become a default mode. I'm not trying to be fake or present myself non-authentically, yet there is a pseudo self that was coming to the table and I was relying on that part of me to present in culture, to present socially, to present in relationships. And it was working at some level. (laughs) But when I went to the training, I was able to kind of confront that at some level And that takes me to the topic of our conversation in this episode today about pseudo-maturity. I'm recognizing that there's a pseudo-part or there's some pseudo-maturity that was coming to the table 
and wasn't allowing my true authentic self to really come forth in my connection with others at the level that I would like that to. And so it took that training to kind of bring it out. So thanks Chris and Jen and for all the work y'all are doing to bring our society these really amazing skills and also always a shout out to Dr. Jim Wilder who developed these these um, techniques and the skill building opportunity in the first place. So uh, my name is Monica Maurer. I'm a licensed therapist for a couple of decades now. And also I'm the director of the Center for Transformation Institute. And we exist to partner with Life Model Works to bring the Life Model curriculum to therapists everywhere. We are a group of therapists here in the North Carolina area who are professional therapists and we love this neurotheology curriculum because we have intimate connection with God ourselves and that's been transforming for our lives. And we love psychology and neuroscience and have found that the life model brings those two things together in this beautiful way. And we would love to bring this curriculum to therapists everywhere because of how it's impacted us personally and how it's impacting our clients as we, um, as we present it to our clients professionally. So we are um, NBCC approved, so we are offering continuing education credits to a therapist now, and we have a free CE on our website. So if you haven't checked that out, please go to our website, cftinstitute.com, check out our, uh, our intro training, and we are working rapidly, as rapidly as we can, on getting our first module ready so that we can begin that training process for therapists. So in terms of pseudo-maturity in the topic of this episode, we need to understand that successful maturity growth would, will confront pseudo-maturity. The first time I heard about pseudo-maturity was when reading the complete guide to living with men which is out of print right now so um, I, I've heard through the grapevine that uh, Dr. Wilder is working on a maturity um, compilation that will replace that original work he did um, but it's a wonderful book just on what maturity growth is and he talks about the idea of pseudo maturity that there's many of us in our culture who can act out of a high level of maturity like for instance you know we can act as elders to the community even being in ministry for so many years that was happening i wasn't an elder uh, i still had small children at home or even before i had children i was serving in ministry but i was acting as an elder in our community. So what that means is I was performing elder level skills, caring for the community, being there for people that were outside of my family in a lot of different ways, emotionally, physically. My husband and I were providing for lots of people. Even as a high school English teacher that was happening. Yet, I, ha I wasn't at that stage of maturity because I was still growing in my adult skills and my parents skills and then sometimes I would retract back to infant and child level gaps and acting out of those because I still had some psychological growth and healing to do 
if this makes sense to you, um, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. If, if what I'm saying provides a little confusion, you might want to go back to a previous episode where we talked more about the details of psychological maturity and, and what, it, what it is. And we also have some articles on our website as well as some uh, social media posts that we're putting out there through LinkedIn and Instagram and and Facebook that talks a lot about these things. Even our, our YouTube channel is going to have some of these things as well as our, as our podcast. Um, so depending on what, what venue you're attaching to us from, you can find out more about that. But pseudo maturity means that I am acting out in some ways at a high level of maturity, but I'm not acting out of that level of maturity continually or consistently because I'm still, I still have lower level gaps or am at a younger age or stage in development where I'm not at the place where I should be consistently being at that high level of maturity growth. And so pseudo maturity oftentimes will impact culture in negative ways. Um, and, and one of the ways we see that is when we have, for instance, a, grand, a grandparent um, who we, we, if we're part of their family or we're a neighbor with this person who's at that age and stage, we may have this desire for them to act and be a certain way. And if they don't act out of that way consistently, it can be very disappointing to us. I've heard Dr. Wilder say, someone who has maturity gaps will always leave you feeling disappointed. And I know I've had neighbors where I, I, I desire a connection with them because I think, oh, they're at this stage. Maybe they can impact me in this way. Maybe they can speak into my parenting. Maybe they can come alongside me and support me like this. Um, or someone in the church community, but when maybe they act aloof or don't really want the connection, it leaves me feeling, oh, disappointed, and why don't you care about me in this way? And that has everything to do with their own growth, where they are in their own development, and I want to be compassionate toward that, yet there's a sense of when there are no true elders, when there are only pseudo-maturity elders in the community, it impacts the community at large because we're looking for that older generation to pass down wisdom, knowledge, and to desire to do that, not just to go off on their cruises and walks on their, the beach by themselves um, and live their whole retirement like that, but to actually say, how can I give back? How can I be present for this younger generation as they're parenting, as they're in the throes of career and um, marriage struggles. How can we give back and offer the wisdom we've gained and learned? So unsuccessful maturity growth in elders, in parents, and in adults can really leave huge gaps in culture. And I think we see that in this generation coming up. When we look at the Gen Z's, we think, oh, they're hurting. 
They're hurting. That's why there's violence here. That's why there's confusion. That's why there's so much anger because they need us. They need the adults, parents, and elders to cover them, to be there for them, to listen to them, to be patient with them, to enjoy them, even in their weakness and in their gaps, in their maturity. They need to be enjoyed. They need to be contributed to. They don't need us to shut the door to them and pretend they don't, they're not there. And I, I think as therapists, there's implications for us around that. I, I know um, part of my journey as a therapist is recognizing my role in, in the lives of adolescents. I've heard a lot of therapists say, oh, I don't work with teenagers, they're too hard, I'll work with adults. Um, I think as a high school English teacher, I heard the same thing, oh, I could never do that job. It's so tough working with, with adolescents, I'll work with the little ones. Because they're easier, the little ones love you, the adolescents are angry. <laughs> not, you know, it, not, not totally, but in, in, in a, as a generalization, there, in teen years, there's a lot of conflict. And, when I think about that, and when I, when I came to terms with that maybe about 10 years ago in my own therapeutic process, I, I, I wrestled with it with, with God. God, it is easier, I said in my prayer. God, it is easier to work with adults because they, they know what they want. They're coming into my, into my space as clients recognizing this is what I want here, and I'm sick of the struggles I'm having. I, I want to grow and I'm motivated to growth. And when I have a teen coming in and sitting on my couch, they're saying, I don't want to be here. My parent forced me to be here more often than not. And that makes it a bit more of a struggle. But I really sensed that the Holy Spirit was leading me into continuing to contribute to the lives of teens therapeutically and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, was, was saying this uh, was because it's, um, it's a redemptive work. That when we contribute to lives of teens, when we're patient with their weakness, when we're tender to the weakness, when we enjoy them, when we synchronize with them even in their struggle, we put ourselves in position of growth. Life model would call that the transformation zone, the weak and the strong living together in community, really enjoying people even in their weakness, figuring out a way to synchronize with them. When we do that as therapists, we allow ourselves to grow. But what we do is, what life model says as well, is we enjoy someone in their weakness and that gives them motivation for growth. We don't have to change them in order to enjoy them. We enjoy them right where they're at. And isn't that what God does for us? So I really sensed the Holy Spirit speaking and leading me in that stage of my life to really view that when we couple with and work with teens, young adults, in their struggle and enjoy them in that space, we give them opportunity to repair things early and it's preventative work. That's the main term that came out of that time in my life, that it's prevention work. When we help teens, young adults fill in their gaps, 
early on, when we enjoy them in their weakness and their struggle, we give them opportunity to get through things and overcome things so that they don't end up being another great testimony, that they don't go through the divorces or they, they know more clearly how to return to joy from upset. They know more clearly who they are so they can choose a spouse related to that. They can stay out of addiction and then they end up having children and be able to contribute to those children in healthy ways rather than spiraling like we see so much of culture and then having to pick up the pieces in midlife. So when it comes to pseudo maturity, there's so much happening in our culture where we see these gaps. We see people functioning at some level, high levels of maturity, but then also having deep gaps. And a lot of times those deep gaps are in private, but they end up coming out publicly, which we're going to be talking about in later sessions. And as therapists, we want to position ourselves to really allow growth to happen, not because it makes us more valuable to be more mature, but that when we have filled in our gaps and we're, prevent, we're presenting ourselves as actually mature, not just pseudoly mature. I don't know if pseudoly is actually a word, but not just uh, in terms of being a pseudo mature person. We're offering consistency to our clients and that brain strength is going to offer so much growth to our clients. And so I challenge you, if you're a therapist listening to this episode today, I challenge you to take the baton, go into your own personal growth, discover what your maturity gaps are, check out the maturity checklist or the maturity chart from Life Model in Living from the Heart Jesus Gave You, or the maturity um, checklist on the Life Model Works website on the resources section. Find out what your gaps are and do what you can do to position yourself for growth in your own maturity. Until next time, see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Place Therapists Grow. We hope you will join us next Monday. To expand your knowledge and continue your growth journey, go to cftinstitute.com and take our assessment. See you next time.